Our tour around the NFL continues this time. It's the NFC West, and we're getting to it next. It's the 414 Sports Podcast. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you, as always, for joining us, whether you've done so on Apple, Spotify, Google, or any of the other five platforms that we are on. Glad to have you enjoying, hopefully, this episode as we make our way and continue to make our way around the NFL. Today, we take a peek at the NFC West. Now, the NFC West, obviously, the division in which we have last year's Super Bowl champs, and that being the L.A. Rams. And so we understand, looking back historically, how difficult it is to repeat has Super Bowl champions. And yet, when you look at the NFC West going into this season, this isn't the same NFC West that we've had the previous two or three years. This division has fallen back just a little bit. And so again, as we make our way through, just a reminder that the teams we're covering, we're covering them in order of how we think they're going to finish. And so as we dive into the NFC West, it's the L.A. Rams. I think the L.A. Rams still have enough talent on this team to win the division. I'll say this First and foremost, I don't think there's enough there anymore to win back-to-back Super Bowls. I think this is a team that could find its way exiting fairly early once we get to the playoff format that's now being implemented by the NFL, but the Rams still having enough talent to get them through the NFC West and there's a number of reasons why and we'll get to those reasons really as we start to make our way through the other teams within the division couple of factors leading into the thought process that I have with regards to the Los Angeles Rams number one the sole focus early on in the season is going to be on Cooper Cup Odell Beckham Jr. who injured his knee in the Super Bowl, an ACL injury in which he's still recovering from is not going to be ready to roll week one. They figure by October is when OBJ will be set, and OBJ is a free agent. The tea leaves all indicate that he'll head back to the Los Angeles Rams to make another run at it, but again, won't be ready until October. If they can keep him healthy, and if he fully recovers, you're not going to really be using much of OBJ until probably November or December. That will be a great addition to coincide with Cooper Cup, like we saw in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl until the injury last year. 
the issue at hand is going to be defenses now are going to really strategize to defend Cooper Cup and make it extremely difficult for he and Matthew Stafford to have the connections the way they did. Now, Cooper Cup was magnificent last year, even with coverages being rolled to his side and finding ways to get open. But when you get more and more and more tape on somebody, the tendencies start to reveal themselves. And when you don't have somebody that can offset, like an OBJ, defenses, I think, going into this season will be more geared towards defending Cooper Cup and probably will be more successful. So that will be an interesting view, so to speak, early on with the Los Angeles Rams. Now, the Los Angeles Rams lost a couple of key defenders from last year's Super Bowl run, notably Von Miller, who left for the Buffalo Bills, and cornerback Darius Williams. Now, Williams was, we'll say, the number two cornerback behind Jalen Ramsey, so they're going to need someone to step in and help fill that role. Von Miller, who got a nice chunk of change to go play in Buffalo, became a key factor late in the playoffs and in that Super Bowl game. So replacing him and trying to see whether or not Matthew Stafford is age starting to play a factor. Now we've seen the likes of obviously Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers now getting a little long in the tooth. Matthew Stafford is starting to head in that direction. And the difference between, I will say, Matthew Stafford and a Tom Brady and an Aaron Rodgers has nothing to do with uh, nutrition or personal care or anything like that. It's the fact that all those years in Detroit, Matthew Stafford got beaten and beaten up pretty good. At some point, those injuries are going to start to manifest themselves as you get older. We're going to see whether or not those past injuries really creep into Matthew Stafford's career going into this season. And let's remember, the Rams were a botched interception away from not even making it to the Super Bowl. The 49ers, Matthew Stafford, always known, especially for us who are Green Bay Packer fans, knowing that he's good for at least two picks a game. And he threw one late in that Ram 49er game in which the Rams would have had unbelievable field position and a chance to seal the deal. But in a drop, there's no other way to say it, a drop when it was clearly thrown to San Francisco, that drop enabled the Rams to get a second, third, fourth life wherever we were in that game, and they went on to win. I mean, so kudos to them, but Matthew Stafford, who's been prone to mistakes, almost had a mistake cost them their opportunity to win eventually that Super Bowl. So we'll have to see how Matthew Stafford progresses. And now when we get to the rest of the NFC West, this is, I'll say, in the middle of the pack with the exception of the team that we feel will finish last. These middle two teams, I don't know what to say. So for me in the NFC West, 
At number two, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Arizona Cardinals pose a better chance of making a bit of a run towards the Rams in that division than the other teams that we have yet to speak of. So Kyler Murray got huge money. And as we talked about in the podcast last week, there are some strange things in Kyler Murray's contract about studying the amount of time he studies, the amount of preparation, I will say mentally, he puts into a game. Kyler Murray, I think, is going to run into a situation if he doesn't get this aspect of the game secured at this level to become potentially maybe another Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a fantastic quarterback and was a fantastic quarterback. Cam Newton, in essence, in many respects, because of his size and his abilities, was a freak of nature for the Carolina Panthers. But many a times we're seeing guys who are athletic not necessarily have the longevity that some other quarterbacks have. Let's say like a Russell Wilson. Why? In my opinion, because they don't have the mechanics. They haven't solidified their mechanics in their maturation within the game of football. Because their athleticism is what coaches relied on, their ability to escape, their ability to run, their ability to do all things physically at that position, they weren't necessarily developed the way some other quarterbacks were who didn't have necessarily those same gifts. And so once the athleticism starts to dissipate a little bit, that's when you see their wins and their popularity and the quest to maintain their number one spot at quarterback kind of fall off the cliff. Kyler Murray, it revealed a lot looking at that contract and knowing that now they've put in things for him as far as studying goes because the athleticism has always been there. Kyler Murray is one of the best quarterbacks in this moment there is because of his athleticism. If they can get Kyler Murray to get focused, then I think you could see this Arizona team really give the Los Angeles Rams a run for their money. Now, how is the offense going to do when they start the season without a DeAndre Hopkins? Because he was suspended for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy of the NFL. And when you look at players like Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz, James Conner, all of those players have the ability to step up and fill that void. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they do and whether they can fill that void in order for the Cardinals to make that next step. So those are our top two teams in the West. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about who we feel will finish third and fourth in the NFC West, and we'll do it in just a moment.
let's continue on with our look at the NFC West. And coming in third, in our opinion, this year will be the San Francisco 49ers. And now the San Francisco 49ers, a still very, very talented team. However, you've got some personnel decisions that are going to need to be made with regards to the 49ers. And when those decisions are made, it will have a, a larger impact than I think it would have had on some other teams in the NFL. Here's a couple of four instances. Number one, it has been reported, and we've talked about it on the podcast, that Jimmy Garoppolo is now available for a trade. The 49ers want to unload Jimmy Garoppolo because they want to move into the Trey Lance era. Trey Lance, it, it remains to be seen whether Trey Lance will manifest itself into the type of player that deserved the pick he was taken at by the San Francisco 49ers who gave away a number of draft picks in order to move up on that board and take the likes of Trey Lance. Now, there are reports Trey Lance has been struggling a little bit with his accuracy when it comes to uh, some of the OTAs and other things as we head into training camp. Those things hopefully can get corrected. But Jimmy Garoppolo, though, has been injury-prone, but he wins. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo wins, and anything that you read about Jimmy Garoppolo is that he's beloved in the locker room by his teammates, by his coaches. The guy just wins, and for whatever reason, the 49ers don't feel as if Jimmy Garoppolo can get them that next step. But in doing so, when you're as close as the 49ers are right now, much like the Packers, and when we were talking about the NFC North, I... I kind of addressed a few of the similarities between the way the 49ers are built and the way the Green Bay Packers are built. The difference is the Packers have decided to stay on board with Aaron Rodgers potentially for the next three years, while the 49ers are like, you know what, it's time for us to move on. Now, granted, Jimmy Garoppolo is not Aaron Rodgers, but there has and can be the potential for a huge drop-off if they decide to go that Trey Lance route. Now, all indications, that's where they're headed. Jimmy Garoppolo's owed, owed, he says, five times fast, about $26 million this year, so they want to get that off the books as soon as possible. The problem is the 49ers have made it known that they're willing to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. And so because they're willing to trade them, them, him, can't even get my pronoun straight on this one, because they're willing to trade him, the other teams in the NFL who could probably benefit from his services are like, we'll just we'll just wait. Because at some point, you could see the 49ers cut Jimmy G and not get anything back for him. Just cut him, take the loss so we can save the $26 million because they want to take that $26 million and pump it into the next personnel move that I think is hovering over the 49ers, and that's Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, earlier in this year, during the offseason, pretty much said he wants a trade. I'm done. I don't want to be a part of the 49ers. And much of that has to do with the fact that Debo Samuel is being used not only as a receiver, but as a running back in certain packages. 
Debo Samuel, I think, is feeling as if I don't get paid now or if I don't get traded someplace and just strictly work as a wideout, my career is going to be short-lived because running the football, as good as he is with it, you're taking some really vicious hits, which then could shorten his career. Samuel, though, is still in San Fran, even though he demanded that trade. He's been showing up at OTAs. He's been doing what he needs to do. It sounds as if the tension that was there maybe three, four months ago isn't there at this point because the potential for a payday is there. And so that personnel move is going to be critical. If the 49ers can't work out a deal with Samuel, where does he go, what do they get, and what does that do for a Kyle Shanahan offense? When you lose an integral part, much like the Packers losing Devontae Adams, it's it, it even though they're wide receivers, the difference, the impact that is had within each coach's offense is different, but still nonetheless impactful. So finding out what happens there. And then finally, we touched on this already, is Trey Lance. What will the second-year quarterback do who did not see a whole bunch of action last year? A guy who, who played what, what used to be, and I still refer to it as, Division One, double uh, A ball, coming from a place where he had tremendous success, but the competition, though good, not necessarily NFL competition. So can they coach Trey Lance up and make him into what they hoped he would be in drafting him as high as they did. And finally, at the bottom of the barrel for the NFC West is the Seattle Seahawks getting rid of Russell Wilson. You have another wide receiver in Seattle that's looking to get paid, and that's DK Metcalf, who would look awful good in a green and gold uniform. And just the fact that they've decided now to rebuild in Seattle. They've decided, Pete Carroll has said, let's retool this whole thing and see what we can do and basically start over, which is one of the reasons why I still think DK Metcalf, though many others may disagree, I still think he'll either be traded, could be released, whatever the case is, and I think there's still potential for a DK Metcalf to end up in a Green Bay Packer uniform. And in doing so, he may want some sort of understanding with Aaron Rodgers about how long are you going to be with this organization. You have three years. You have opt-outs after each and every year. How much longer do you really think you're going to be a part of the Green Bay Packers? Because I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. I want to win. And I know if I jump ship and come to Green Bay now, I have that opportunity this year. But if suddenly the year goes awry or you win a Super Bowl, will you have enough in you, and I'm talking about DK to Aaron Rodgers, to come back again next year or the year after? I think that really is the sticking point. I think if DK Metcalf wants out of Seattle because he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild, he doesn't necessarily want to jump to the likes of the Green Bay Packers and not knowing what the future is going to be for one Aaron Rodgers. So with all of that being said, we'll take the L.A. Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks in that order to finish in the NFC West. 
And I think by about week eight or nine, there are going to be a lot of people talking about the NFC West not necessarily being what it used to be. With that, we'll wrap things up. Thank you so much for joining us on this trip around the NFC West. Our next episode, we'll take a look at the NFC South. And before you know it, we'll head over to the AFC side. But we'll continue our trek through the NFL. I'm Don Wachillis. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your day as we continue to look forward to the NFL season. Take care. We'll talk to you later.